Whoa, I gotta take that off. <laughs> Episode three, starting off with some technical difficulties. Thank you, everyone uh, that has checked out our previous episodes and uh, reached out with all the feedback, looking to get on the podcast. I've had a lot of um, requests on how to do that. You just send me an email right here, or if you're watching this on social media or wherever you're at, just shoot me a DM. We'll get you set up, get you scheduled. And for episode three, I had to get on a vet, someone that's been with fish for a while. Uh, I met this guy through a fish um, message board, I guess you would call it, Wikipog. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of fish bullies on there. <laughs> it's fun. And uh, this week, coming from Texas, Dave Pie Guy Anderson. If I can get my guy on here 22 over seven guy what's up man <laughs> so pie guy was taken so i'm 22 over seven guy on instagram makes a little you got to use your brain a little bit there you're like 22 over seven let me pull up my calculator there <laughs> and then you realize oh wait that's three okay he's pie guy that makes sense so Math with checks out <laughs> with pie guy um interesting is that literally just because you love pie so it's a funny story, actually. I, uh, a buddy of mine here in Austin started a company called um, Boomerangs Meat Pies that oh. uh, you can find in your in the freezer section of your local grocery store, not to drop a plug or anything. <laughs> the um, first ad on the podcast, <laughs> Boomerang Meat but Pies. My buddy Jack started this company called Boomerangs, and he would, uh, when he was first starting out, he would have a booth at like Austin City Limits Music Festival uh, here in town. And that first year, he didn't have any money to like hire help, so a bunch of us just volunteered to come in and help him. And he gave us all these shirts that say "I Heart Pie" in such a huge font that you can see it from like 300 yards away. The green shirt, right? Well, it's a yellow shirt with green writing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. I wore that to uh, the Hampton reunion show in 2009 and uh, you could, I was behind the band and like people on the floor could see the I heart pie shirt behind the band all night. Anyway, this guy that's from the pog, I heard you mention, um, uh, we call him road Jimmy, but his name's Jonathan. He's, he's a big podcaster as well. He, is. Um, he, uh, he, I think probably couldn't remember my name the next day and just called me pie guy and it stuck. That's a good nickname to have. So, and I do love pie. Like I made two <laughs> pies for Thanksgiving yesterday. Yeah, I love uh, you leaned I, into it too. Like it's it's a good name. And I'm kind of I so I like I love to wear that shirt. Like I wear it to Jazz Fest a lot, and I'm a bigger guy these days. Like I've got a good gut on me, and there's always that you know kind of the double entendre of oh you love pie. Like what does that mean? Like if you were a skinny guy wearing that shirt, you'd think oh you know he's being ironic or whatever. <laughs> Well, you see it on this gut, and you're like, no, I think that guy just loves pie. <laughs> so what is, so now that we're talking about pie, what is your favorite, if you had to pick a favorite pie of all time, what's your go-to? So apple, and the apple pie I made for yesterday is the best one I've made ever. Like, it, it, the two pies I made yesterday were fantastic. Straight up homemade? Um, yeah, yeah, like, my mom's recipe, you know. Dude, I crushed an apple pie yesterday, but it was from Sam's Club, but it was still, like, you get to that certain level of thanksgivingness anything any it was really good i would love to so here's, here's the trick and and you know now that I, I make the pie myself i'm not i feel no guilt about this anymore when my mom was making the pies um you know she always laid on the guilt pretty thick but uh i take my pie i put it in a bowl pour milk over it like a bowl of cereal and that to me is is the mom oh <laughs> i've never done that yeah now you know I'll have to do it. Yeah, pretty you soon, pretty soon you'll be fat like me. <laughs> no, you have all these. <laughs> I remember these food hacks because uh, I remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were in uh, Chicago, I think it was, or like going somewhere, and you we were talking about like bre like go to breakfast, you know, like the fast yeah. food breakfast, and you were like, we were talking, got on the subject of McGriddles or sausage biscuits or whatever it was, and you were like dude, you got to sub for the round egg. Yeah. And I was like, the round egg? And I was like, oh, like the one they put on like the McMuffins. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you can ask for it. And I was like, dude, that is a way better egg. And the first time I did it, I was like, this is a game changer. <laughs> I was like, this is the best. 
just you never think because like that square yellow egg is it's just not right it's not good it's not even egg <laughs> all right is this a food yeah, I'll podcast never steer you wrong on food man this is not a food podcast <laughs> but i will not steer you wrong man come to jazz fest with me one year and dude and, i would uh, love I'll, to I'll, I'll feed you well that's the thing i do i do love food this could be a food podcast <laughs> but let's get into fish all yeah, right let's do it you have been with fish for a while so when, when was your what year like so this summer 2022 um i'll hit my 30th year of seeing fish wow. so uh my first show was july 11 1992 board 1992. tour uh so it was um garden state art center in new jersey uh the first band on stage was colonel bruce hampton the aquarium rescue unit that's dope um and then they like oh so cool man so it was my first like real show I, we're gonna dive in and start telling stories already so yeah go it was for like it. my first like real show other than like i'd seen rush in a big arena i'd seen some other shows but it was my first kind of jam bandy show and, and whatever so colonel bruce hampton the aquarium rescue units on stage one by one the members of widespread panic come on stage and one by one they start jamming together and one by one the members of colonel bruce hampton the aquarium rescue unit start leaving the stage until now it's widespread panic playing that's a cool way of doing it dude so I've like never my first i'm like whoa this is not normal like this is not you know rush at in a big arena where it's to a click track and it's the exact same show every night like no no this is interesting what's going on here right? yeah um so aquarium rescue unit Widespread Panic, The Spin Doctors, oh. Fish, and then Blues Traveler was the headliner. Um, and uh, at the time, like, I was a huge Blues Traveler fan. I grew up in New Jersey. Um, those guys were from New Jersey. Like, that, they were big in New Jersey long before they were big anywhere else. And so we all knew them in high school. I remember excitedly going out to buy their second album, like, the day it came out, Travelers and Thieves, like, the day it came out, going to the mall and getting it. Um, so I was a huge fan of those guys. And then, you know, obviously spin doctors were start just barely starting to blow up at that time. And I'd never heard of ARU or Vitro Panic yet. Gotcha. And so all that's new to me. And then, you know, the spin doctors, you got the guy out front, uh, whatever his name is, Chris, something Baron, maybe Chris Baron. Okay. Sure. Just Sounds a, right. a, you know, a lead singer out front who all he does is sing and like, flail around and act like an idiot and you're like all right that's interesting cool mm -hmm. i guess and then fish comes on stage and like they open with landlady so they're playing like latin jazz but they're like headbanging while they play and i'm like i love i'm in it instantly instantly was like this is what i want to hear was that your first so real quick was that your first exposure to fish like had you heard of them before or because this no, is still i definitely early. had heard like people had put on tapes in like at like basement parties and stuff in high school um i definitely had heard of them and i'd heard some fish but never listened it, you know background music whatever like there's right. some guitar slinging you know whatever in the background and it's some shitty audience tape or whatever right so <laughs> um you know, it never really grabbed me. It never was a thing. I remember seeing, like, when Picture and Nectar came out, um, I remember seeing, like, the CD, the long box CDs at the record store that I would go to at the mall, right? Mm -hmm. And being like, you know, I keep hearing people talk about this band, but I didn't buy it. I never, like, it, it just didn't, for whatever reason, I, I hadn't really listened to them yet. And then saw them, right? So the first thing I'm really paying attention to is the landlady at, you know, at this big outdoor amphitheater. Yeah. Garden State Art Center in New Jersey. So. And so with that being 1992, there weren't that was all it wasn't per se a jam that hooked you. It was the raw energy because like you yeah, said, like and opening like with landladies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and like everything, you know, the I don't know. It just was a great show. Like, the, at, you know, they had uh, at one point they brought out, um, you know, the trampolines. And they brought out three. And like I said, I was a big Blues Traveler fan, right? So they bring out three trampolines. And so, you, I, you know, I now know, and I knew soon after that, that it was pretty common for them to bring out two trampolines and Mike and, and Trey yeah. would, you know, bounce on them. And they still do to this day. Mm -hmm. so they bring out three trampolines and, and the two of them start bouncing on two of them. And then John Popper comes out. 
And he's about to, he goes to jump on, he's got his harmonica. I'm like, oh, he's going to jam with him. This is going to be awesome because I was a huge fan, right? Right. He comes out and he goes and to jump into the middle trampoline they have out there. Um, turns out it's just like construction paper. Like it's a gag. He goes right <laughs> through it. And then he like gets real sad and like mopes and walks off stage. And that was it. It was just a gag. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> So he was in on it, right? Yeah, like, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it was as if he had broken it, but clearly it was like construction paper or something. Like, it was, you know, designed <laughs> to just fail immediately. Dude, so they've been on the, they've been on the prank stuff and like the gag stuff since. Well, and so if you read beginning. about, so that was the first, uh, the first gag with John Popper. And it kept escalating apparently after that. I never saw any of the other, like the later incarnations of it. But at one point, like a, a year or two after that, John Popper had been in a major motorcycle accident and he would oh. come out on stage in a, in a wheelchair um, and then kind of get helped getting up and then would sit like on just a stool or whatever to play because um, he just couldn't really walk all that well for a little while after his accident, but he still toured. And so at one point they put a huge like behind fish a huge like normal like backyard trampoline behind the band and then had a wheelchair with a dummy that looked like John Popper in it come fall from the ceiling <laughs> and bounce off. Like it just kept escalating just like everything in the fish world, right? Like there's a yeah. joke. They're going to run that joke into the ground until it's not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's a, that's a massive move. And it could almost be like, I guess some it could be misinterpreted. You know, it's like if you have that, it could be like, is that a dig at, at Popper? But well, like, it's... I mean, you got to figure that you know, and on Horde tour, right? So that that first show was Horde tour. They're all on tour together, and they kind of the model was, um, you know, there had been Lollapalooza um, had had been a way for these alternative bands to fill big, uh, you know, big amphitheaters. Um, when none of them could on their own, right? Mm -hmm. That was kind of how, that's how Lollapalooza started. It was like, well, but if we all band together, if six bands play, eight bands play, whatever it is, yeah, um, we can fill an amphitheater and we can make a little more money than we're making. And, and it worked, right? So the first Lollapalooza, I think, was 91. And then the first horror tour was 92. And it was the same model of like, you know, it's not these alternative bands, it's these hippie bands. They didn't call them jam bands yet. Right. Um, but it's these kind of post-dead or, you know, early 90s hippie bands that mm -hmm. you know play improvisational music they band together and they do this tour and so they hung out a lot backstage on tour and so those things just come out of dudes hanging out backstage having beers and and you Being know like hey what laughing if like this? won't it be funny if we put another <laughs> you know a third trampoline and you just go right through it and i'm sure john popper was like just All dying in. laughing and 100 percent into it <laughs> yeah. like there's no way he's like no no that makes me no. look bad no he's yeah he's the guy that that like leans into that shit for sure yeah dude that's awesome what a great first show and like first experience with so like go piggybacking off of your first show how long after that were you like okay i'm in i'm a fish head like this is going to <clears throat> consume my life i'm going to see him as much as i can like what how how long after that were you like okay like i'm going to see just fish like all so over the country that first show i was 18 i just graduated high school mm -hmm. um so it was that summer between high school and college that i saw fish for the first time um and then you know i'm a freshman in college like you're going to do whatever the hell you want to do in life at that point mm -hmm. like no one can stop me there are no parents here there's no right <laughs> right um went to a show the next show i saw was in december up in st louis at a place called mississippi nights um and had a blast at that show it was like packed nuts to butts up front like just could barely move <laughs> but it was like whoa you know this is it was like i was in and at that point like that whole fall had really started listening to fish um and, and getting into it and getting on to uh rec music fish which was, you know, you know, the earliest of message boards, right? If you know anything about kind of the history of, of that. Of... I'm not familiar with that. The only one that I was like brought into was the one that we're both on, which is Wikipog. 
Weekapog. <laughs> so, so is that kind of like where Weekapog came from? Was would you say it was wrecked fish? So, <laughs> oh, you're such a child. I know. Learn me, man. <laughs> Learn me. Oh my goodness! All this history is out there to go read about if you want. But basically, if um, in the in the early days of the internet, right? So I had a, a modem at, at you know connected to my computer in my dorm room. It was a fourteen hundred baud modem, which means if I was looking at it, if I was dialed into something and looking at information, it basically like individual letters came across the screen slower than I could read them. Like it was like someone was typing in front of me almost. That's how okay. slow my internet connection was, right? Gotcha. Um, but these early, they called them message boards um or bulletin boards they were called uh and they they were categorized it was all kind of run through netspace not netspace i can't remember the name of it but um they were all categorized by like rec was recreation um and there were others and most of them were academic right it all kind of started with um and you there's if you ever have a chance read the book heads which is uh i think jesse jarno wrote um Dude, I think and it's I all heads is have, fantastic. I have but, that book. Someone gave it to me on tour. Dude, I've never book, read it. It's so good. But uh, it books about way more than just this. But it talks mm -hmm. a little bit about the the beginnings of the internet. Were basically these deadheads who were um, professors out in California at Stanford, who started communicating with other professors via you know the internet, like the mm -hmm. early early internet. Um, and uh, so then these kind of bulletin boards started you know popping up. And the first music-related bulletin board ever was Rec Music G Dad, um, and the second one, like ever in the history of the internet, was Rec Music Fish. So it was Rec dot music dot fish. And uh, by the time I was on there, like a freshman in college, nineteen fall of nineteen ninety two, they estimated there were something like you know fifteen or twenty thousand people on there at that point. Wow. Um, and basically, it was. You know, people would come in having seen the show that night and would post the set list and you like, oh, geek out, see what they played that night, that kind of stuff. Um, people would you meet people, you would, um, you know, like, hey, I need a ride from X to Y. People would kind of set that stuff up. People started doing tape trades. Those early tape trees were all through that. So tape trees were basically you'd get a the band would have a. Um, the, like a, a show they wanted to get out, like that they wanted people to have. Um, the best example of this is, is um, in 94, they played the Bomb Factory, right? That epic second set of the Bomb Factory. Yeah. Um, that show, the band was like proud of it. Like they wanted to get it out. And so they would run it through. They didn't just give a digital copy of it because it was on DAT, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you could, if you had that original DAT, you could, basically have what became the live fish, you know, recording that they officially released. So they wouldn't do that. They would pass it through an analog generation so that it would, it would at least have, you know, some semblance of it's, it's not our official recording. And then they would give it to these tapers who had these connections at rec music fish really through like uh, Shelly Culbertson, who was like an early uh, person ended up working for the band straight through till, you know, till Coventry. Um, but basically you would set up a tape tree where like one guy would have it and he would seed, you know, 10 people and the top, that first set of 10 people would be like, they'd have to kind of prove they had really good recording dubbing equipment to spread it further. And so that's how tapes got out, you know, broadly quickly of things like the bomb factory, like the bomb factory became a really famous show, not sure. just because the set list, but because it got into hands of fans within you know like three or four months of the show like it was out there broadly because of these tape trees and that one it's really funny man like this guy um jay i think jay rosenblum was his name but in nashville he was like the trade tape guy trading hub of nashville like he would have whole tours by like if there was a summer tour by by Christmas, he had almost every show from a tour because he just knew all the tapers and was really good at that stuff. So he, he was the off. plug. Yeah. <laughs> well, I ran into him when I was going to see Modesty Martin and Wood, and he just hands me this tape. He goes, you need to have this. And uh, I was like, what's this? And I looked, and it was the Bomb Factory, just the second set. Um, he goes, you just need to have this. And that tape, it was a Bomb Factory, and then he had locked off the encore and put the um, – 
Marat Gin as the filler. <laughs> so it was the Bomb Factory second set plus the Marat Gin, and that tape didn't leave my tape deck so in my car and, for God, probably five years. Up until that point that he gave that to you, had you already heard it through these link trees, or was no, this your no, first that exposure one, to like, it? That he, I mean, it was literally like that show was what five four. Um, it was probably that's what May. It was probably June that he handed that to me. Like it gotcha. was like a month after the show. Like you need to have this, and then you and put it in, and you're that like, "It's unheard of back then that you would have a tape that soon after a show. Like that's crazy." But he was like, and he, I looked, and he had like six of them in his pocket, and was just like he, anyone he ran into that night. He's like, "You need to have this. You need to have this." It wasn't because I was special. This. It was because he knew that I would then get it to other people. Like everyone needs to hear this show. It's important, you know. Yeah, dude. <laughs> What an amazing evolution. It's like from that to like now where it's, you know, they're playing a show and in real time you can get on can whatever. It. Yeah, you can watch it. You pay for it. Or if you don't want to pay for it, there's someone there streaming it. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. It's like instant now. And that's, dude, I just, I wish that we could go back in time right now and I could be with you in your car the first time that you're hearing that. Because were you, were you just like mind blown? <laughs> you had to have been. Yeah, it's and it's one of those things. Like you know, there was the um, a year or so earlier they did a, a like the first of what they call the Tweezer Fests, right? Was the um, what's it called? The Roxy in Atlanta, um, where they kept going in and out of Tweezer and it like teased everything and like just, mm -hmm. just this like long flowing set that was crazy. Um, and I knew about that show almost immediately from Rec Music Fish. People were talking about it like, here's the set list from that show. And it was like, you know, 80 songs, but like all weaved together back to this song, back to that song. Um, and I had had like I had a ticket, a ride and a place to stay to that Roxy run and I didn't go. And so like immediately was one of those ah should have been there. Like I was in Nashville. Yeah. It's only a few hours away. I had a ticket, a ride and a place to stay and I didn't go. Damn it. Um, and then the Bomb Factory show I knew about, uh, I had, this is so crazy, I had a cousin getting married um, right after that in Texas, and I was going to drive down and do the three Texas shows and, uh, and then hit this cousin's wedding. And then I just didn't. I ended up flying in just for the wedding and flying out. And... Uh, that was the bomb factory show. I was like, I could have been at that. Like it's I just, you know, one of those things always yeah. happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, not so I knew about these shows, but until I heard it, you know, I just, you know, and it obviously that's still, we'll, we'll talk about favorite jams later, but you know, that bomb factory is definitely right there for me oh, as, as one of them. It's, it's, it's one of the, the goats. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it, you can't talk about the goats of fish jams without mentioning that. But what you were saying of like how you you were right there and you missed that show that recently happened to me, not with Fish, but with Billy Strings. He was just in Detroit and he was doing a Saturday night and a Sunday I night. Helps look Frank, didn't he? Yes, dude. <laughs> he did. Because <laughs> it was sold out by the time I was gonna get tickets. The Saturday was sold out, and that was gonna be the one that I hit, obviously, because you know, work the next day, you know, it's a Sunday show why they say never miss a sunday show yeah. but there were still tickets available for the sunday show and my girlfriend and i like we were like on the fence about it and like we were decided like no you know it's coming into thanksgiving we're going to be busy trying to get everything done set it out and then looked at the set list saw it on youtube and i was like damn it he's playing there. he's playing a couple nights here at the moody um and i was literally on Ticketmaster when they went on sale and didn't get tickets. Like it sold out that fast. Dude, it he's, was like trying to get New Year's tickets. It was crazy. He's buzzing right now. He's yeah. uh he's he's the guy. Um, he was just on Austin City Limits uh TV show and I actually went to that taping which was really cool. Uh, you posted about that, didn't you? Yeah. Or was yeah. yeah. Like that was your first show back seeing live music. Oh, well, no. So I saw him play. He played an outdoor show where we each had our own little pod. We had to stay in. Square, yeah. Um, that was my first show back. It was it was him. And it was outside, and uh, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's emotional. Yeah. It, like, it really especially was, with man. People like us, we're like, like, live music is our medicine, if you want to call yeah. it that. You know, like, we need it. And, like, having to set out, what, a year, year and a half yeah, of that? Brutal. Yeah, so... 
All right, enough Billy Strings. Um, <laughs> you mentioned um, we're, we're going to talk about favorite jams. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. It's it's impossible to pick to pick one. So we're not doing top fives. We're not doing top threes. Just whenever you think of like your favorite jams, like you're talking about the, the bomb factory, you know, what are some other ones that like pop in your head to where you're like, this is this is a top one. For so me. this kind of goes back to the the first kind of how did you get hooked you know mm-hmm. thing but so i started seeing shows um and i saw you know a couple in 92 and then 93 i saw a handful in the summer maybe in the spring i can't remember all of them but then um that they took the fall off to go record hoist and then i went to the new year's run the four shows of the new year's run and uh in 93 yeah, 93, 94, New Year's run. And they, um, we had a, a great crew uh, of folks. Uh, there were four of us in a car um, and it was four nights. And we being just, you know, the, you know, already good people that we are, <laughs> not to toot our own horn, but we each had a night where we were designated driver. Oh, yeah. Smart. And uh, of the four nights. And so um, I'm not going to talk about the three other nights, but the night I was a designated <laughs> driver was uh, still probably my my favorite show I've ever been to, and except maybe Big Cypress. Um, and that's 123093 in uh, Portland, Maine. And the Mike song from that, um, you know, it's one of those, there's the second Mike's jam people talk a little bit about these days if you're a nerd like me right um the second jam that night uh it's um if you find it there's a youtube of that of that mics uh you can find but um you know maybe six minutes in through 10 minutes in like those four minutes of fish are why i'm a fish like those four minutes and I'm going to see this band as much as possible from this point forward in my life. And I remember it as, as clear as it was yesterday, like those four minutes. I'm done. Like I, I, whatever these guys are going to do, if we're going to have moments like this, I'm going to chase them. I'm going to find them. And, uh, and like I said, I was, I was designated driver that night. I was as clear headed as I've ever been in in my entire life. And just in, in for the ride, wherever it's going. Dude, that and it's and it's amazing that it's. Um, I'm gonna. I'm trying not to go off on a tangent here. It's amazing whenever you do see fish sober because we all know about the the lifestyle and everything that goes into you know that. But like whenever you do see fish sober and get something like that, like a, a little gift, a jam or something, and you're completely in your wits, it it almost hits better than if you're under the influence of anything. Because you're like, this is 100% real. Like, I'm all here for this. And it's, it's, it's emotional, almost. Yeah. It's, it's, and I mean, you know, it, it, that, so anyway, that's one to get back on topic. That's, yep. Thank you. Thank you. That Mike's is, and then, you know, from there it goes, like, it's, it's a killer, you know, 2001 into Mike's. It's a, a killer Mike's, the first segment of it. Then there's that segment that just shreds me. And part of what I like about it, it's the first time I remember where there's um, like they'll do like eight bars of, of like one theme and then all together eight bars of another and then all together back to eight bars of that first theme and they go back and forth and they're just locked in and doing that. And so some of my favorite jams are when that happens. Gotcha. Right. That that stuff is is what, what just you know gets me every time because when you're first hearing it, when you're at the show and you don't realize at first that's what's happening like it's just a great jam they're like something really cool is happening this is awesome and then it turns and you're like oh well this is really cool too and they kind of all turn together and then you know eight bars later sometimes it's 16 it just slams right back into where you came from and you're like oh and then they, they start going back and forth and each time building and getting bigger and better and you're just like oh man so it's kind of the first time that that happened to me. It's part of why I love that one. Um, the Bomb Factory Tweezer, the first Tweezer segment, before they go into anything else, before it transitions into any other songs, there's a blues segment like that. 
where they're playing this like really like Trey's just playing this wailing bluesy bluesy riff just ripping. and it's you know like Stevie Ray Vaughan blues like it's really really good and it does that like it drops out to this whole other kind of really mellow theme and then it slams right back in eight bars later and you're just like ah those are my favorite man like when because it just takes you for the ride and and you, it's almost unbelievable that that's not rehearsed, right? That they both, that they all four are landing into these themes and they know, all right, we're going to do this for eight bars and we're going to go right back to that other and we're going to go back and forth. Um, there's a, a jam from, there's a couple from Big Cypress that are like that too, where you're just like, oh, like, I think it's the rock and roll has that kind of Calypso jam where it keeps going back and forth between two themes and it's amazing. And that's um, why it's so, you just said the word, that's why it's so amazing because it's not rehearsed. Like all yeah. it takes is one one member to be like, okay, we did eight bars this time. Are we going to do 16 bars this time and throw it off? Like the fact that they're so. Yeah. Oh. And it's, you know, it's just like a, a look. Yeah. Right. Like there's no hand signal. There's nothing. It's just a like sideways glance from one of them that goes. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or, like, or a, uh, hey, Mike. Stay on F. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes it's that. <laughs> Sometimes it's that for sure. <laughs> That's a great example. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's um, yeah. The other going. big so a jam that not a lot of people maybe talk about that is still my kind of hands down favorite big build jam um is from Big Cypress, and, and that's the cross-eyed and painless. So yep. the cross-eyed and painless from Big Cypress. A, I was just in it that night, like as everyone else was. Like that was the that was the moment for me that night. But listening back on it, every time I hear it, it just tears me to shreds. Because Trey's doing a lot of he was he was playing a lot with the um, um, kind of the boomerang, like uh, looping himself, mm -hmm. and so but not in ways that he that I remember him doing elsewhere and it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and, and uh it's one of those like it takes 20 minutes but it's almost the it's building the the same theme like there's a theme he sets out really early in it and for 20 minutes builds on that theme and builds on that theme and it and that to me is man it just shows a so much patience but it just by the end of it they are just raging just absolutely yeah. raging and then they close it out by bringing the lyrics back in and and you know you're just like oh what like it, it's just my favorite favorite jam and it's one you know people talk about a few different jams from from that night but that's the one to me that's yours and you were there yeah <laughs> the, if you'd I'm asked so me of the show you, you could have asked me like once i had done that 93 94 new year's run if you had asked me any at any moment between then and when Big Cypress happened, where I would be on 1231.99, I would have told you wherever fish is. I know that's like <laughs> I every I, anyone, all my friends, same thing. Like we know that's coming. That's a date for a decade that is on the calendar. We know is coming. Like we're wherever fish is, that's where I'm gonna be. I don't I don't care where don't that care. is. <laughs> Could be on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Get me a we'll be there. That's awesome, dude. Any any other jams that pop in your head that you would classify? Those are the big as ones, man. That, that suck me in every time. Um, you know, more recently they all kind of blend together. Like they're they're great. They're playing like I just was at the the Vegas run, and there's some you know oh, nice. playing fan, just fantastic right now. But I can't like there are none that I like can that I go back to from this era at all that I just like have to go back to over and over like those ones. You know? Got, yeah, I mean. It's, and then it's, you guys mentioned uh, I will I'll pick a bone with you a little bit. Go for it. So on the last episode, you guys are all about the the Halloween '94 Reba. Reba, yeah. And my buddy Wen, who you know, he's all about the New Year's '95 Reba. Is his? That's his. Is you know absolutely. There's no better than that one for him. Okay. Um, for me, it's Clifford Ball. The Clifford Ball Reba. Clifford is just Ball. Hands down, my favorite favorite Reba ever so there you go that is a good one too and i will say this i've been i'm not scared to say this but i just whenever i first was getting into 
like deep into fish and you know finding like my favorite versions and stuff one of the ones that stuck out early for me was that lowell reba um 95 oh, low like, mass low low, low yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've been pronouncing it wrong this whole time um, yeah you pronounce worcester wrong too by the way how, dude i i butcher so much stuff on here and all my other so podcasts, you guys are too. like i I'm, I'm very sure it's worcester is how you <laughs> where you landed after that i'm like no it's worcester <laughs> no it's worcester okay well it's now worcester I know. and the sauce is worcester sure worcestershire i've always said Worc- worcestershire 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 and it's worcester and then there's a shire on the end of it but it's just worcestershire i'm still gonna butcher it for probably the rest of my life (laughs) but yeah so yeah low mass that's a great reba too it's a fantastic reba so that was the first one where i was like this is amazing that was the first jam the first fish jam that made me tear up like Mm, yeah yeah, get emotional with and i was talking you know on message boards about it and stuff and every single person was like Oh, that's overrated. Overrated. You need to check this one out. Overrated. And I just got shit on for like that being my favorite one. And I was like, no, okay, it's a great Reba, man. You're Dude, not wrong. It is. <laughs> it's so good. It's so emotional. When was it that show too, man? Damn. He I'm showed just... up at that show and put his finger in the air and got in. Dude, that's awesome. And that was yeah. like the opening. That was the opener of 95, it a, right? It was a benefit. And it was um, like they they weren't playing places that small anymore. Right. Like that just, it was unheard of at that point. And um, yeah, it was a benefit for like voters for choice or something like that. Um, and it was the last kind of political thing fish did as a band ever. And they felt weird about it because it felt like it was dividing. Like it wasn't, not all their fans were on board. They yeah. decided not to be political though. Fishman, obviously. I was just about to say everyone fun. except fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so transitioning out of your favorite jams or our favorite yeah. jams, what would you would it be a jam or would it be a song or would it be an album if you were going to try and convince i say convince if you were going to try and show someone fish that had never heard of them um to try and like get them on board and be like hey man kind of like that dude handed you that tape of the bomb factory he's like you gotta have this you know just yeah you love music what would you what what would your go-to be to be like hey check out this band like you're gonna love them yeah it's a really hard question, and I, I think my the only way to answer that question for me is to come in knowing what that person likes. Like, what kind of music are you into? Yep. Right? Because, you know, I, I have – I've won some people over a little bit, not that they go to shows and are fans now, but I've won people over by, like, playing them fish doing um, uh, Bowie. Like, play, you know – if you're a huge Bowie fan and you throw on that Bowie set from Vegas where they, they do um, Ziggy Stardust front to back, people are blown away. Yep. Like they're, you know, there's, they can see the reverence and they can like, they get it. They get why it's important and why the band's doing what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, So it just depends. It really depends. Sometimes like I've had some, some friends who are like metal heads and so, like, I'm going to play him the sloth and, like, see see what they think, right? Like, yeah. this, that kind of shit. Um, if they're deadheads, um, you know, I'm going to, I know that they have some patience for longer things and, and stuff like that, right? They understand um, the jamming aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they have some patience to get through some of the, you know, whatever. So I'll suggest whole shows for them. Um, and I do, I, I lean on that 12, 30, 93 show cause it's one of my favorites ever. Um, it's really playful first set. Um, and you know, the, the, the big jams in the second set are great. There's a great, you know, McGrupp, which, you know, if you're a, if you're a deadhead, you know, to hear that piano solo and McGrupp, you're going to be like, all right, you know, the, like this, these guys get it. These guys are fantastic. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll pick out, you know, shows like that and just for deadheads, yeah, there's always something I can I can grab them with, I feel like. Right. For the sake of working our brains here, let's say the person that we're trying to convince <laughs> is a average just person they they like me, they don't hate music, they like music, they don't necessarily have a favorite band on their commute to work, they turn on 
a top 40 radio station and listen to what's playing currently at the time. What are we going Four, with? I'm 47 years old. <laughs> okay. The last time I had a friend who listened regularly to, to like top 40 music was 20 years ago, man. I don't know the answer to this. Okay. Like, I'm not hard. the one to ask, man. <laughs> too hard. <laughs> we'll go with the studio <laughs> cut. Uh, it's tough, man. Like, I, I don't know. I really, I wouldn't even know where to begin. We'll just go with Billy Breeds. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it takes, you know, an album or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Too much. Honestly, I would be like, all right, you need to listen to the band first. Mm -hmm. and like start to understand and maybe some Neil Young and start to understand who, you know what exists outside of your world <laughs> and then maybe we can work our way over to fetch yeah. you know? like let's start with classic rock <laughs> yeah or at um, least some soul some I don't know some old something or something I don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah I feel I feel bad for that person that I just made up <laughs> I mean I, I'm just you know that person's not my age like I'm a different I'm a different generation than you almost yeah, yeah, not no, really. Like we're not that I mean, far off, but like someone who listens to top forty at this time, at this point in life, I don't know anybody like that. That's you know. Well, see, I know a lot of people care like what that. My opinion is, <laughs> I know a lot of people like that just because I work in radio. You know, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, that's fair. Program, you know, a station like that. So, I guess that's why my brain went to that. I was like, okay, I'm going to convince all my listeners on the station to like fish. Um, we could transition yeah. out of that. That's a hard one. Um, play, you know, play bouncing around the room. That's the big radio. Yeah, hit. yeah, that's a there fun one. Um, <laughs> what is? I always like to do. I like this question because it kind of everyone. We all love this band, but we also have those songs to where we're like, it comes on, and we're like, even though it's still our favorite band in the world, and we're at the show or we're listening to it, the song comes on, and you're like. Uh, okay and this is i'm gonna go take a go take a bathroom break what is that one fish song for you or there might be multiple um you'd be okay with just never hearing again so to know me is to know the answer to this question okay well let me know you fucker pants fucker pants you don't like yeah. it i can't i, oh. I, I cannot I, I, there's nothing and i there's just nothing about that song i can i i can pretend to like <laughs> even the couple of times it's been jammed like nothing i was no. at the was it uh which of the balls was it up in watkins Glen, where everyone raves about the the fucker pants uh was that anyway it's tweezer and they go into that yeah it's like 20 minutes and to me they go back into tweezer it's tweezer a little interlude of fucker pants it and it's tweezer again. That's not <laughs> so not even that one. <laughs> no, that's tweezer. The part I like is tweezer. Like they go back to the tweezer, as far as I'm concerned. It, it is tweezer. Okay, <laughs> fucker pants. It is. I wasn't expecting that I, one. Actually, and I'll tell you a funny story because um, the one time that I actually like had a real conversation with a member of Fish. I have to tell you this story because he asked me this. Not that specific, not the specific question. Wait, hold on. This is you having a conversation with a member yeah, so of Yeah, this was in Chicago, uh, UIC uh, run in 2011, right? Okay. And it was the night before those shows and um, had a bunch of friends that were in town and I ended up, uh, most of them came in the next day, but that night before, it was just me and my buddy Heath uh, Jay Fishman on the pod. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and we're hanging out at this bar, just having a few drinks. And Fishman was there um, with a couple people at sitting at a table. Um, and I was like, just leave him alone. Like, I, I'm not going to, let's not bother him. We're having drinks. He's having drinks. Like, whatever. Cool. He's there, which is what I would normally do. Mm -hmm. Right. If you see him at a restaurant where I'm just not the guy that's going to bother him. They're having their own thing and whatever. Right. I get up to go to the bathroom and I come back and my buddy's at the table, like chatting him up. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> he couldn't, I would be that same person. I couldn't let it, I couldn't let the moment slip away. So, you know, we start shooting the shit or whatever. And uh, he's like, do you have any requests? Like you're going to be at the next three shows. No, shit. Do you have any requests? And I was like, no, then play whatever you want. Like it's 2011. So it's, I'm still pretty much in that zone of I'm just happy you guys are playing. 
mm-hmm. right? Like you're back, you're playing. I don't care. Play whatever. I've been doing this 20 years at that point. Like whatever you want to play, play, you know? Mm-hmm. And he goes, he just kept egging me on. Like there's something like, what do you want to hear? There's something I was like, really? I don't, I like, I, whatever you guys want to play. I'm just so happy. He goes, all right, how about this? There's got to be something that you just don't want to hear over the next three nights. He goes, and I don't have a lot of say on set lists, but I get veto power always. Like, I can always just say no to a song. He goes, tell me a song you don't want to hear because I'm probably sick of it too. And I, did, <laughs> and I didn't say fucker pants. What did you say? I held my tongue because I would have called it fucker pants. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> and so at the time... My number, like I'm a stats nerd a little bit, you know, on Zizek stats or whatever. And at the right. time, my number one song that I'd seen the most was Sample in a Jar, which oh. is just not my favorite. Just and so I said standard. Sample in a Jar and they didn't play it. Nice. Did they play? <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not familiar with the set list of that show. Did they play Prince Caspian or no? No, they didn't play that either. Good. But then, you know, and he really did keep egging me on um, to make a, a, a request. And I finally was like, one song I've never heard I'd love to hear is uh, Alumni Blues. And he just kind of snickers. He goes, yeah, we don't play that very much. <laughs> and like, why'd you keep I asking me, man? Didn't, ex- didn't expect it. Wasn't like, like you know, he kind of shrugged it off. Like, there's no way they're going to play this song. And uh, the first night of that run, somebody, not me, totally unrelated to me, somebody blew up a giant yellow balloon, like five feet in diameter. And it said Alumni Blues on it. And uh, the whole first set, like it kept landing on stage. Trey kept kicking it back out into the audience. And he finally was like, I guess we got to play it. And they clearly hadn't rehearsed it. Like the the, um, the Jimmy Page segment was a wreck, like just mm. a train wreck. But they played it and I'd never heard it before. And I had had this conversation just the night before with Fishman and I went nuts. I was like, ah, I can't believe they played it. It had nothing to do with me that they played it. It wasn't because <laughs> Fish wanted to play it. It was because this balloon right you now and i wonder Nothing to do with me but it still was like he played my request i can't believe it and i wonder if in fishman's brain like he's like i wonder like, if that kid yeah. made the balloon yeah. wasn't me totally hey, wasn't me fishman if you're hearing this it wasn't dave he's like that guy blew up a fucking balloon nope, <laughs> nope. Not me. totally wasn't me but so, i went nuts nonetheless i was so like and uh heath was with me and we were like oh my god i can't believe he's playing it that's awesome dude <laughs> So piggybacking off of just knowing now that you've sat and had beers with Fishman, um, what band member do you think that, well, first off, is that the only band member that you've met? Have you met any of the other ones? I have like Mike always in the lot. Like I've high fived him. Great show last night. Like, you know, right. you see him all, you know, all over the place. Cause he's, he's just that guy, especially back in the nineties. Yeah. Like, you know, just you'd be hanging out, even like really small shows, like um we'd just be hanging. I remember the show in like uh New Orleans. It was on like Tulane Campus Fall of ninety four. I can't remember the name of it. Macaulay no, that's not it. Uh some theater on Tulane Campus. Um we're like hanging out before the show, like in the lawn in front of the little theater, like just kicking a hacky sack like you do in the mid nineties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And Mike's just kind of come, you know, hanging out, and you know, we're just like, "Hey, great show last night, man! Can't wait for tonight." Yeah, cool, thanks, like that kind of stuff. Um, Trey, I've never really met. I've been in close proximity to him, you know, not at a show, which is weird, but never like met him or anything. And Paige, same thing. Like, I, you know, one night, literally stumbled into me drunk, and I was like, "Ah," you know, that kind of stuff. But I never have had like a conversation with him or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, so to answer your question, Fishman, though, I mean, I would just want to sit around and, you know, listen to him tell stories, talk, talk bullshit with him, talk politics with him. Like, yeah, you know, like, that I just feel like I could hang out with that dude for hours and, and uh, laugh and, and be, you know, yeah, on, on the same wavelength with more or less. I feel like he would be the most fun. Um, and I was saying on the last episode, it would be really hard for me, like as a guitar player to not pick trey to be like be the one that like yeah, are, you gonna, are you gonna geek out about guitar like he didn't want to talk about that yeah i know that's what i'm saying you know so what like, 
<laughs> so like as far like trying to like remove him from it like i'm going with fishman all day like sit down have a couple beers shoot the shit like i feel like he's gonna be the most fun you know that said like I, it's weird i have a weird amount in common with trey like i feel like i could talk to him for hours too yeah um just like growing up in suburban new jersey going to you know private school and like he before he went to taft he was a princeton day school pds um we used to you know swim against them we used to like have concerts with them like i was in the choir you know whatever the glee club oh you guys would connect on that for sure yeah yeah like i he would know like the um like his choral director he would have known he would like we could talk about our choral director he'd know him because he was there when you know trace 10 years older than me but those teachers were there for a long time yeah um there would be things like that that we could talk about and you know i grew up uh going to musicals all the time like he did and i'm still kind of a nerd for that stuff which is oh yeah you, you know, guys would I'm, hit it off in that area for sure yeah yeah like i'm pretty sure you know we have some common things with um, trey i feel like it's always going to go back to the music though yeah and with fishman i feel like you can just sit down and talk with him for three hours and not music not get brought up one time yeah <laughs> you know? exactly yeah exactly which is why i choose him because i could just hang out like i feel like I, yeah it's I, not like you have to know all the oh yeah no i don't know this or i don't know that about music um, and it's also just kind of that attitude of like trey's into being trey a little <laughs> bit you know and like god love him yeah you know, I would be, like, if you, I was Trey, I would be into being Trey too. <laughs> you have to be like, that's yeah. why he is who he is. Right. He's, mm -hmm. he's the genius who drives all of that. Like his creativity is just 10 X everyone else's around him and always will be. And always has been. Yep. Um, he's just, he has to be into being Trey cause that's what he is. Um, Fishman, like, you know, my favorite, my favorite kind of Fishman moment of all time is in bittersweet motel. He's like, why would we want to make a movie about ourselves again? <laughs> Help me understand what we're doing here. Like this is top. I don't want. Like, what are we doing? He just I'm just he, a drummer. I don't. Yeah. I don't need he, any of this shit. He just feels super normal, and whatever yeah. normal means, like a normal guy. Like he doesn't put off rock star vibes, you know. Yeah. Like why? What? Yeah. <laughs> I love bittersweet Mozart. Like, is that the part where he's like shoving a Twinkie into his face? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's like like they're in Europe or something. I don't know. He just is like, why? Like, you know, why are we doing this? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I'm and I think music. it's right before, I think the next scene is where they go knock on his door and he's, and he's like, like, yeah, no, it's not happening today. <laughs> not today, man. <laughs> I just so, got in. So knowing that you've been seeing fish since 1992, sure. I'm sure you have a plethora of favorite memories from different tours or different shows does one or a couple of even memories like pop outs where you're like, like a favorite memory of, or like something happening to where you're like, Oh my God, like that's real standout moment. Do you have any of those that I know that you do, but like, which ones pop into your head? I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a really hard question, right? You know, there's, there's stories that, that I can't can tell told. stories I shouldn't. Yeah. There are. <laughs> we talked about one, like the one time you and I really hung out was in Chicago. Yep. Um, I could tell that story real quick. That's a short one and, yeah. and kind of funny. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, we like we shared a hotel room and I can't even remember who else was in the room. You probably it was remember Gunner. Probably. Yeah. Gunner. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm not going gonna, gonna to tell a story about Gunner. OK, go for it. I totally forgot that you're buddies with Gunner, man. Oh, I yeah. love that kid. And I miss him because he used to live here in Austin for a long time. And I, I know. hang out with him every so often. And I haven't seen him in a long time, man. Yeah, he's in Oklahoma now. I know. I know. Uh, so the first time I met Gunner, this is one of my just favorite stories, actually. So we're going to whatever the first of the uh, Watkins Glen one was, right? Mm -hmm. And I had a rental car. I'd been up in toronto for work and i drove down from toronto in this rental car and was going in and was going to meet i was meeting some people at like the walmart somewhere like maybe an hour away from from watkins Glen, and uh and they were like we don't have room for in our car for this kid and you're by himself can you drive him in right and i was gonna so i'm like yeah that's fine right well i got room i got this rental car and and um so we met at this walmart i you know, never met him where I'm, you know, perfect Walmart. I need to 
get supplies. So I'm buying, you know, whatever I need, all sorts of stuff, beer, mostly like, you know, whatever. So I, and he's with me and literally just met this kid checking out at the Walmart. And, uh, she's like, I need to see your ID because I'm I'm buying beer. I'm sure my ID. She's like, I need to see his ID too. And he's like, Oh, oh, I'm, uh, it's, uh, I left it in the car. Uh, I don't have it with me. And I was like, Oh shit, he's probably not 21. I have no idea. I've never met this kid. And he's totally not. He was 20 at the time, or maybe even 19, I think. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, she's like, well, he's if he's with you, you can't I can't sell you this beer because I think you know, New York law says you're buying it for him. He's a minor, or he doesn't have ID or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, the fuck, man. <laughs> You're like, like looking at you like, are you for real, man? Like, what's happening? I, she, I, he's like, if he's with you, I go, I, I don't even know this kid. She goes, yeah, but you guys are here together. And I was like, oh. so I was like, fine. Take, like, so I just left like cases of beer that someone had to go put back on the shelves. Cause I'm like, I'm not putting it back. Like here, <laughs> take it. And I just bought all the other stuff that I needed. And then we get in the car and uh, I'm like, well, I got to find a liquor store. So I got, I need beer. Like I'm buying beer somewhere. Right. It's like, stay in the damn car. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. He's like, hey, yeah, so, you want to get me some cases too? <laughs> so then we're driving, like, we have an hour or more to, you know, to get to Watkins Glen. We're in the car a solid 45 minutes talking the whole time mm-hmm. before we realized we both live in Austin. Like, before that came up. <laughs> You're like, oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> what? Had you guys, so had you guys, because I know he's on the pog too. Had you conversed before on the pog or was it I don't just... remember, man. This is a long time ago. Gotcha. I don't remember. I'm really bad at pog names and, and real in-person names. Right. It gets confusing. It's to this day, like people I've, I, there are a couple people who I've seen, you know, for a, over a decade now, since 2009, 2010, who like in person, I know their name and I know who they are and I know they're on the pod, but I don't know who they are on the pod. It's I'm just really bad at that game. I'm t- <laughs> There's like a few on the, like you're one, you mentioned Heath earlier. That's one. Um, and then well, Scott. Heath, he's been to jazz fest a bunch of times. I've hung out with him, you know, outside of the fish world quite a bit too. Yeah. I, I saw him um, whenever I lived in Portland, uh, hung out with him a couple of times we saw a couple yeah. shows together um but yeah it's it's hard placing the names i think gunner on there is ed banky or yeah, i haven't yeah, been, on, been in on in a while actually i'll tell you a funny story of hanging out in portland i was out in portland for work mm-hmm. and so i uh, met up with heath and hicks oh yeah hicks and um uh what's his name caravan right? oh yeah uh, todd yep so I'm like, I'm in town. Let's go out for beers. And we're at this place. You know, Portland's great beers in Portland. Like, it's mm-hmm. a beer town, right? It's perfect. Yep. We're hanging out, and there's a table right next to us. And it's almost like it's picnic tables to where they're at the same table. Like, they're super close to us. And we just start talking. And there's, you know, the four of us and, I don't know, three or four uh, girls at this table. And and there, you know, comes up that I'm, I live in Texas. And, like, that, and she's like, how do you guys know each other? And we're like, oh, from the internet. <laughs> and uh, and she goes, what, what do you mean? And without skipping a beat, Hicks just goes, have you ever heard of furries? And they all just were like, okay, and start moving away from us. <laughs> we're like, just kidding, just kidding. No. It's like the opposite of like the thing you want to say, like you're sitting at a table. Have <laughs> you heard of furries? Yes, if you're in Portland, they have heard of furries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's fantastic. And we're a, yeah, no, no, we're just fish heads. And they're like, oh, eh, that's that's sort of normal. Yeah. Like on the on the scale of things, furries. Yeah. <laughs> fish heads. Yeah, I'll take fish head over furry any day. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. What a line. I'm gonna have to use that at some point. Heard of furries? <laughs> I'm not one. Anyway, man, I love. I Portland's a great town. Both it Portland's is, man. are, man. I love Portland. I've spent a lot of time in Portland, Maine over the years. I've never been to Portland, Maine, um, but I've heard good things. So, but yeah. Man, any other stories or any other fish things you want to talk about before we wrap up? 
I don't know, man. It's, you know, it's interesting. It's we, if you're, if you've been doing this a long time, like I have, and it's funny, I, you know, you, to you, I'm an old school head because 92 seems like a long time ago. It does. Um, I was two years and old. And it is on some level, like it's 30 years of doing this. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen, I have, I haven't quite hit 200 shows. Um, you know, I consider myself a medium fish app because I know people who have been doing it so much longer. And I know people who have seen so many more shows than I have. Um, and I just know people who are like, I'm diehard. Like I have a fish license plate. Like I'm a, I'm a fish geek. Like I really right. am. Right. There's to know me is to know that I, I love fish and that's what I do with my free time, mm-hmm. but I'm a medium fish head. Like, you know, there are people in this world who are way more into it than I am even. Right. Right. There's so always hard that to next... explain to people who aren't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But even... so like I, we had, we, we, we got one of the, like, um, what are the CID packages for the Vegas run out there mm-hmm. and just happened, just really lucky with the seats that we ended up with. And we were in the like family zone, the fish family zone. Right. So, oh. um, so, and you're in those same seats for four nights, you get to know the people around you a little bit. And the, the two people in front of us just started, you know, talking with them on the first night, really got to know them over the course of four nights a little bit. And like, when I say I'm a medium fish head, like the, this guy was like, I, I was at 80 shows by the end of uh, the eighties. Wow. Right. Like he's like, I started seeing fish in Vermont in 87, 88. Wow. Right. And you're like, Oh, okay. Right. The woman who was with him, same thing. Like they're just old school, like in the family kind of fish heads to the point where, like she wasn't there at the beginning of the Halloween show. Like for the first two songs, I was like, where's your friend? He's like, Oh, she'll, she'll be here. Um, and then she shows up and uh, she's like, Hey, did anybody grab an extra one of those uh, comic books? And I was like, nah, we just, we each got one. And she goes, I was handing them out for the last two hours and I forgot to grab one for myself. So they're, <laughs> they're in the, yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you like I'm, I'm a medium fish head. Like I'm just not that old school. Like it seems like I am. It's been 30 years and, and I am definitely there's no band I like more. Like I'm a fish head first. You know, all the other things that I do are related to that somehow. Um, all the other music I listen to, the, the places I go and all that stuff are, are somehow, you know, feedback into that probably. But I'm not that crazy a fish app like i know way way crazier man yeah and (laughs) even like me describing like you know talking to someone that's not in the fish world and like it gets brought up you know because i got the sticker on my car or wear a shirt or whatever um and they'll usually be the ones that bring it up they're like oh fish because it's like something they've heard of i'm like oh yeah no and i'll say like yeah i've seen them 52 times and they're like you've seen them 52 times and i'm like you went four nights in a row yeah that, and i'm like hand. trust me i was like i'm that doesn't even i was like there's people just trust me <laughs> it's yeah. not that bad for me um but then yeah. like it comes up at like a thanksgiving dinner for people right yep so like i said we kind of did our family thing the weekend before i think we were talking about this maybe before we were on air but like we got together the weekend before thanksgiving to kind of not to beat the crowds and have cheaper flights and stuff. And mm-hmm. we're having a, a Thanksgiving kind of dinner with people who are old family friends of our base, basically family uh, cousins, maybe, but they're not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it comes up, you know, you're at a table with, you know, 10 people. It comes up. You really still go do that. Yeah. And like, how do you respond to that? So, you know, my, my typical response to that is always, do you know anyone who has season tickets to a, a football team? That's me. Yeah. Like me and my friends, we have season tickets to fish. We get together every year and go like, if there's going to be a Halloween run, we're going to go. And that's when we get together. That's when I see my friends. It's what we do. Yeah. That's all it is. That's a perfect way to explain it. Yeah. It I makes mean, it seem you know not somebody as... like that. Like <laughs> yep. I live in Austin, Texas, man. There are people who never miss a UT game. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And you never see them without something burnt orange on always. Right. Right. And that's as a me, Sooner, right? I have to say that's very, that's not a good color. Well, you know, 
My wife's a UT student right now. I get a master's. So. <laughs> okay, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep the horns up. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> my mom went to UT. She graduated in '64. Gotcha. Okay, okay. I won't, I won't bash on Texas then. <laughs> no, you can't. I don't really care. I didn't go there. You're like, I don't have, I don't have a dog in this fight. Well, Dave, I thank did you. know this before I knew any like. Oh, I knew words. this before I knew. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing, just the opposite way. <laughs> oh man. But dude, Dave, thank you so much for being. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's it's fun to talk about this stuff and geek out a little bit. It's I, I enjoy it for sure. I do too, man. Thank you so much, and um, hopefully, I'll see you at uh, a, a show or maybe not even a show sometime soon. Yeah, come to Jazz Fest, man. Hang out, dude. With us. I want to. I've never been. Yeah. It's on it's my best. bucket list, and I will. I will make that happen. Yeah. Let when, me know if you do, man. When does what's the time frame on that? Um, Jazz Fest is always the last weekend in April and the first weekend in May. Got it. Okay. So, and I, I haven't happen. missed one in a long, long time. Like, I'll be there. Let cool. Me know. I would love to do that. All right, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Cheers. All right. See you soon. Bye.